0: it's good to be here, and I can tell right away that this service is a little more lively than the first service, and I'm not sure it's in a good way. Making fun of the pastor and whatnot, I think is, no, it's great to be here. I have uh, been friends with Mike, as he said, for a long time, and you just need people like that in your life. One of the ways I described Mike was was we, we talk on the phone a lot, and, and Pastors are my best friends. I've been traveling in churches for 30 years. So I know a lot of pastors. And, and you, you do have to do things, you know, in ministry like a business. You have to make certain phone calls and connections and contact people and do certain things. But then after you do all the things you have to do, then you can do what you want to do, which is go home and talk to your wife. And one of the things that I do is I call Mike when I, when I can do what I want. He's not on the list, the call list. I just call Mike and we talk and and uh, just have a good time. And it's just nice to have friends like that that we don't we're not we don't expect anything out of each other. Just we just enjoy um, the company. And I'll never forget. I didn't tell this in the first service, but I was here years ago, and we were traveling. We had a my wife and I had two girls, and we traveled in a motorhome for six years, so we could all go together as a family. And we came here, and uh, I was really, really needing money at the time. I mean, we had a a financial crisis or or a need that we had. And uh, I've not, you know, I don't mind sharing it, but I felt like, you know what, I'm not going to say anything about it. This was a new church, and I didn't want to put any pressure on Mike or make him feel any certain way, but we really needed a, a breakthrough. He got up in that service, and he said, I want you folks to do something special for the Fritzes today. We want to really bless them. And, and they gave us an offering that was probably three times what we expected, and it met that need. Amen. And the Amen. Lord has used that experience <coughs> several times since to tell me, and, and here's in this context, he's shared with me, there, there are very few pastors, he's told me this, there are very few pastors that won't do what I tell them to do. Jesus was saying this to me, there are very few pastors that won't do what I'm telling them to do if I tell them to do it. Now, some will. Some will re- reject God's will. But he said, if I, if I put it on a pastor's heart to have you in their church or have you, or there's very few that will resist that or reject that. And then he always reminds me of Mike and how God put that in his heart to do something special. And I didn't even say a word about it. And and I I always tell my wife I said remember Mike Davis and he said yeah yeah I remember because the Lord speaks to pastors isn't that something and I don't know if he heard a word from God it was just in his heart to do something and it was at the right time and because I've been back many times since and he didn't do anything special (laughs) you know what I'm saying I mean if the Lord's speaking don't don't let me get in the way but but uh, but that time was very very critical. I'm kidding. I, I got something for you because we want to be happy today. How many of you want to be happy? How many of you were here in the first service? What are you all doing back? How many were here? Slow learners. <laughs> I told you. You were here in the first service, weren't you? I told you this service was more lively. All right, get this. I'm going to read this because I don't tell jokes very well. At a local community center, they hold weekly husbands' marriage seminars. That's kind of a... This is a stretch already, isn't it? (laughs) At the session last week, the group leader asked Luigi, who was new to the group, and said he was approaching his 50th wedding anniversary, to take a few minutes and share some insights into how he'd managed to stay married to the same woman for all these years. Luigi replied to the assembled husbands, Well, uh, I've uh, tried to treat her real nice. I spend the money on her, but best of all is I took her to Italy for our 25th anniversary. The group leader responded, Luigi, wow, you are an amazing inspiration to all the husbands here. Please tell us, what are you planning to do for your wife for your upcoming 50th anniversary? Luigi proudly replied, I'm going to go and pick her up. (laughs) That went over well. I'll read that again. If we have a lull, why don't you do this? Why don't you stand with me? And I'm going to pray. I'm going to mention a couple of things. But let's pray i got a good word for you today. I'm sure it's going to bless you and help you. And if it doesn't, just act like it did, all right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for speaking to us, leading us and guiding us into the truths of your word. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is here to help us. And we just give you the praise and glory for what you're going to accomplish in the hearts of your people. Give me utterance in the Holy Ghost. Let me speak boldly and accurately as I ought to speak and give us ears to hear what you're saying. And we thank you that the word of God will go forth into good ground and make a difference in our lives today. We give you the praise for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said,
1: amen. 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 You
0: can be seated. Let me just say this. Uh, I believe that we need a greater, more intense diet of God's word. And if you would get more of God's word, you'll see the results in your life. God's word is different than any other material on earth. It is spirit and life got God's nature contained in it. It's not a regular book. And uh, I just believe that um, we need to work in times during the week, more than just church services, where we get the Word. And so we've designed a lot of aids for that purpose. I'm doing a daily Internet TV show on gospeltruth.tv every morning and every evening. And that has become a, a content stream for a lot of other Things that we do, but if you'd like to get some of those programs free, you can go to our website. It's gregfritz.org, and I have a free download section, and you can get videos and audio free of charge under different categories. I think right now there's five series. Some of them have as many as twenty sessions, and you can download those to your device. We might as well take all these electronics that our kids are abusing. <laughs> And use them for the gospel how many of you know you can take those things and put the word on them just as well as you could put music you can listen to the word of god and do something that's really going to improve your life so our stuff is downloadable and it's free it's either in mp3 audio or it's in streaming video um and um and i i designed it to help be a supplement to your life i try to take things, truths that apply, and feed them to you in a way that you can accept them. Um, I, I try to be funny, but it's harder to be funny in front of a camera than in person. <laughs> you know, I just started this last year. I'd never spoken in front of a camera, very seldom. And so I pay this guy to film these shows. So I sit in this chair, and, uh, and he, you know, he tells me, you know, don't lean back, you're out of focus, and don't lean over, you're out of the picture, and. Look at the camera. Don't break eye contact. Don't swing your arms around. You know, don't stutter. And, and and by the time he's done, and then he goes, and then the ultimate is, just be yourself. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I was trying to be myself. You, like, put me in a straitjacket and then tell now preach. And then, and then they go, be funny. I can't just be funny. you got to have a reason to be funny. But anyway. Uh, the, the programs, I believe, are full of the Word of God and they'll help you. And I have something else for you today. This series is called Living in the End Times Without Losing Your Mind. How many of you feel like we're living in a giant pressure cooker right here in America and the pressure is being turned up? And if you watch the news, you'll sense that. And this is to combat that, to help give you a reason to just some relief, some faith, <coughs> some confidence. And uh, I want to give this to you. If you'd like, you can get one of these cards, and on the back is a scratch off. How many of you like scratch off cards? <laughs> you know they do the lottery like this, don't right. they? I wouldn't know, but <laughs> um, normally you get a scratch off card and you're disappointed. How many of you have ever gotten a scratch off <laughs> card expecting a new car and it was a, a, a free Coke or something? And you're like, oh. Well, this card will give you this series every single time free. And you can have it as my gift to you. So you can go back there and you just have to fill out one of these cards. It's called a free download card. And you turn this in and they'll give you this for free. And while you're on my website, you can get the other things. Check out the other free series, things that I think will bless you and help you live life. In these days, I'm doing a series right now called uh, Carefree Living that's going to come out. And we just have a lot of stuff. In the last two years, I've produced 14 new series. I've written two books and 285 programs, daily programs, in two years. That's like 20 years worth of material in two years. Anyway, the Lord's doing a new thing, and uh, we're very excited about it. But I feel the need. I feel like the church needs more a, a, a bigger diet of God's word and we're doing what we can to fill that void I want to talk to you about this series called Living With No Regrets this is not just the title of a book or the title of a series but it's real it's a, a way of life I believe that it's God's plan that all of his children live with no regrets and that's not just for people that have never done anything so, well you know 20 years ago, maybe I could have done that, but now, after all the things that have happened, no, this is for you. Everybody say it's for, me. it's for me. Living with no regrets is based on the truths of God's word, the redemption that's ours through Jesus. You can live your life today with no regrets, no <coughs> sadness, no sorrow, no mourning, no depression, no condemnation, no guilt over the things of the past. Not because of what you've done, but because of what he's done. What he did is greater than what you did. What he did canceled out what you've done. You can be happy again. You can be filled with joy and expectancy. You can live your life as if you'd never made a mistake. (laughs) Say, how do I do that? you got to apply what he did to what you did. And it's a process. You need to take the word of God and let the word of God minister to you in these areas. This is all taken from Revelation 21, 4, where the Bible says he'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. When we get to heaven, there's coming a day when God himself, the Bible says, will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Tears represent regrets. God is not going to let our past life on earth ruin our eternity. How many of you believe that? You're not going to spend eternity in heaven weeping over the things that you did wrong on the earth. You know why you're not going to? Not just because God doesn't want you to, but because Jesus paid a price to free you from your past. Well, what dawned on me as I wrote this book, this revelation came to me is this, Jesus has already paid that price. We can go ahead and get over it now. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven for God to apply redemptive truths to our past. We can apply them now. We have a Bible. We know Jesus. What he did, he did for us. What he did is in effect right now. The thing that's going to change in heaven is you're going to get a new body, of course, but God's not going to let anybody, no matter what their understanding of redemption is, He's not going to let anybody carry forward regret into heaven, but we might as well deal with it now. How many of you are ready to get happy right now? Yeah. If it's for us today, I want it today. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven. I think I want to be happy now. So I got scripture for you. Let me give you this. In Isaiah, and we'll look at verse 50, uh, chapter 53, verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs, And carried our sorrows. Who's he? Jesus. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Sorrow, the word sorrow in Hebrew means pain, and it can be physical pain or mental pain. And, of course, that's what sorrow, sadness, and and, and regret is, is mental pain or anguish over the things you've done. Listen, if you were perfect, you wouldn't need Jesus. If you had nothing in your past to regret, you wouldn't need a Savior. The fact that Jesus came proves that we all have things that happen that shouldn't happen or we wish hadn't happened or we caused them to happen or happened to us. No matter what's happened in your past, Jesus can set you free. Let me make this statement. No matter how much right you've done in your past, no matter how perfect your life is, Satan wants to find something to cause you to regret. And if you allow him... He'll let you obsess over that until it ruins your quality of life. On the other hand, no matter how much wrong you've done, no matter how much bad has happened to you, Jesus can set you free. This is not for people that have never done anything. It's for people that have. It's for people that have skeletons, that have things back there that happened. They're real. They left scars. They've left their mark emotionally, and Jesus has the power to remove it. We might as well let him. Let me give you some more scriptures, and I'll give you some personal experiences with this. Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12 says, You have turned for me my mourning into what? dancing That's a pretty big change, isn't it? That's a pretty big radical change to go from mourning to dancing. Only Jesus can do that. But can I tell you, Jesus can do that. I don't care what, how deep the hurt, how broken the heart. You know, that's one of the things that Jesus said is the spirit of the Lord's upon me. And he's anointed me to heal the broken hearted. Did you know that's a real thing? Being broken hearted is a real thing. There are people that, and and what we're doing here is simply this. We're applying the truths of redemption to your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Because that's a place in your life that can be damaged and scarred. We can apply the word of God to your body by his stripes. You were healed. If you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. If there's any man sick, anyone sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him and anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. How many of you know that's redemption applied to the body? We can apply it to the spirit, and we can be born again by accepting Jesus and being forgiven of our sins but there's this soul that's between the the body and the spirit. And the soul is where regret resides. The soul is where you have sadness and sorrow and mourning and condemnation and guilt and shame. The soul is, is, is a real part of you that can be damaged. And you can't see it by looking at someone's body. You can't see it by looking in the mirror. But there are people that are crippled in their soul as, as, as much as somebody would be crippled in their body in a wheelchair, there are people that are crippled in their soul, and they've never allowed Jesus to come and do anything supernatural about that. They just feel like it's their lot in life to carry around depression and sadness and sorrow, and it's not. You can be free. You can be free immediately. I mean, when, when, when the word says in Luke chapter 4, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, that says a lot, doesn't it? I mean, everybody knows that you can have a broken heart, you can get a broken heart, you could be going along fine and break your heart, but Jesus can heal a broken heart. There's no doctor in the world that can heal a broken heart. There's no surgeon in the world that can fix a broken heart. There's no psychiatrist in the world that can heal a broken heart. But Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord's upon me to heal the brokenhearted. He can do it, He can make you happy again. And some people are broken and wounded. Other people have things that are more subtle than that, but they're sad, they're regrets, they're, they're areas of life where there's still pain. And Jesus wants to eliminate that so that you can look back without feeling bad about it, so that you can look back without hurting over it. Is anybody in the in a place where that would help? You know, my wife, and I didn't tell this in the first service like this, but she, she was married before she met me, and uh, they had three children, and they were happily married, Christian family. They did children's church in their church. They went on a vacation, and... Um, several hundred miles away and they were going to drive home and she was driving their minivan and in the middle of the night on I-40 she went to sleep at the wheel and the van began to tumble down the interstate. It threw her husband and her middle child out and killed them. In fact, she had to go to the emergency room. She had to give the doctors permission to unplug the life support and she watched them both die. The guilt and the pain of the loss. Nearly, caused her to lose her mind, but she gave herself to Jesus. Her testimony is in my book. Uh, she tells it sometimes, but I'm going to tell you something. In four years' time, uh, from that day that she stood on that interstate looking at those crumpled bodies, four years from that day, we were married. Her, I became her husband, the father to her children. God put her family back together called her into the ministry and totally healed her broken heart. She is the happiest person you've ever seen. And she's happier than me and I've never had a tragedy like that. Because when God heals and restores, the end result is better than it was before. You may have had something happen in your life and think, you know what? Life's never gonna be the same for me again. Maybe you're right. It could be better. I'll never be the same again. Maybe you won't be. You could actually be better than you were before. My wife will be the first one to tell you I'm a different person since the day that happened. When she stood there in that wreckage, it looked like she would never recover. But the very opposite was true. Now she heals, she prays for people and, and helps people get healed of broken hearts all the time because she's been there. She knows the power of Jesus when it's applied to the soul. Isn't that a wonderful thing? God does not want you to be sad or depressed or disappointed over you. Say, but you don't know what I've done. No, I don't know what you've done, but I know what he's done. And what he did is greater than what you did. What he did has more value and more power than what you've done. And because of what he's done, you can be totally free from what you've done. Do you believe that today? Amen. It's not just that's not just preaching. It's not just theology. But this is reality. You can apply these truths to your life, and you can be free from sadness. Let me give you a couple more scriptures in Psalm one twenty-five and verse one. It says, "When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing." He's talking really, the picture here is the church, the redeemed or us. We got delivered from captivity. So what happened to us? Our mouth was filled with laughter. Our tongue was singing. They said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Everybody say glad. Glad. Gladness ought to be one of the characteristics of the church. Glad, not sadness. You know, when the angel appeared to the shepherd, they said, you know, there's a, there, be of good cheer. There's a message of good tidings, of great joy to all people. Amen. Not just some people, not just people that hadn't experienced anything or done anything wrong. It's good tidings, great joy to all people. That includes you. Can you say amen? amen. We are. Are glad. Psalm 144 verse 15 says, Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Is that you? Is God your Lord? Is he your shepherd? Read Psalm 23. If he's the shepherd and we're the sheep, we ought to be the best sheep in the world. We ought to be the happiest people in the world. One of the characteristics of the church today ought to be that we're happy. And I hammer this on my good, my program is called Good News. Why? Because there's plenty of bad news. Have you seen any bad news? Have you turned on the news lately? One of the things that's going on today in the news, no matter what channel you watch, no matter which one you agree with, they're all mad. They're all mad. And if you watch it, you'll be mad. And when I look at the Bible, it says, we are glad, happy are the people who are in such a We ought to be the happy people. We ought to be the glad people. Why? We have good tidings of great joy to just certain people. No, to all people. Have we forgotten our job? God needs for you to get over your own past so you can get happy and make a difference. We need to be the voice of reason. We need to be the calm in the midst of the storm. We need to bring people together and not divide them. You know, I get a little bit, I get a little bit indignant when I see the media trying to split us all up into different groups. It's not us against them. It's the devil against all of us. God's on our side. We're in this together. You know what? If you want to study your family tree, I'll save you a lot of time. It goes back to a man named Adam and a woman named Eve. And that's where all the trouble started. And in that sense, we're all the same. We're all humans. We're all under the same uh, dilemma. We're all in the same place. And we all need the same Savior. And we're all dealing with the same enemy. And it's not each other. I refuse to let the media make me mad at some other group of people. I love people. How about you? All people. My message is to all people. Did you get that or are you not getting this one? My my message is to all people. I really believe we're on. I think I'm on to something. Did you know, (laughs) since I'm doing this TV program, and it is Internet TV, Uh, But it's every day, so I kind of pay attention a little bit more to media type things. And I found out uh, through this research that the Hallmark Channel has record numbers of viewers right now. Hallmark. My mother watches Hallmark. Hallmark. Now, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not making fun of you if you watch Hallmark. But here's why they said people are watching Hallmark. There's not enough killing on there for me, but that's beside the point. Uh, but here's why people, they said, people are flocking to the Hallmark Channel because on the Hallmark Channel, you have, you have good themes. You have people making right choices, doing the right thing with character and living happily ever after. And I thought, oh my gosh, we own... Happily ever after. We own. You think you think Hallmark's got happily ever after? Let me tell you happily ever. You give your life to Jesus, and eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. If they're flocking to Hallmark, they need to come watch the good news program. We'll give you something to be happy about. We'll give you something to get glad about. Well you don't know what all I've been through What do I have to be happy about Let me give you some things One Number one God's on the throne And he's the highest power Highest authority there is And he's on the throne God is still God Number two Jesus is Lord Number three The Bible is true Number four You're going to heaven Equals Happiness Should, shouldn't it? Think about this. If we were going to Hawaii tomorrow, let's say we had a church trip, pastor's paying. We're all going to Hawaii, expense paid trip on the beach, and we're leaving tomorrow. How many of you would be a little bit happy today? Let's be like, (laughs) and the weatherman weatherman says, it's going to snow and sleet and everything's going to go, You know, south, just, you know, in two days, the weather's just going to... And you're like, I don't care. Traffic is horrible. There's a wreck on I-25. It's backed up for 50 miles. and I don't care. I'm going to Hawaii. Have we lost touch with reality? You're going to heaven. You are going to heaven. There is nothing that's going to happen in this world on the news, in Russia, China, North Korea, Washington, D.C. Nothing is going to change the fact that God is still God and Jesus is Lord and the Bible's true and you're going to heaven. Nothing will ever change that. We ought to be the happiest people in the world and I don't think we're doing a very good job of it. The devil wants to take you and Focus your attention on some mistake you made, something that was done to you, something that you can't undo, something you can't relive and get you to obsess over it. And I'm telling you, let it go. Life is too short. We've all got things that we wish weren't there, but that's why Jesus came. Hallelujah. We're in a new season in our ministry. We're moving into a new season and transition is, is kind of an awkward time. But one of the things that's very consistent with transition is that you always look back. When a some season of your life is coming to a close, you look back and you evaluate. You ever done that? If you're graduating high school, you look back and think about, you know, now that it's over, I could have done some things a little better. Or you're... Going, getting out of college or you're getting out of the military or getting in the military or you're getting married and your single life is coming to an end and you look back and you go, and so I'm moving into a new phase of ministry and, 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 and I was looking back and looking at things and I realized, you know, there are things that, you know, I wish I wish I could have done better. Lord, if I could do it over again, I could do that different. And, and there were just things that caused Sadness. Yeah, it may not be overwhelming with some of you, but it's just areas that just cause you, they they just pull you down. I, I say it's like an app that's running in the background. You're not always aware of it, but it's draining your battery. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's just draining your battery. And I say we need to deal with them because you can't go forward while you're looking back. The enemy wants to neutralize your life, spiritually speaking, and keep you focused on the past. We need to deal with it and get over it and get on with it. In fact, the title of my book is Living With No Regrets. Get ready for your future by getting over your past. Get over it. Some people just need permission to get over it. You thought you were supposed to kick yourself for the rest of your life for what you've done. You're not. Are you listening? You can let it go. So I was looking at these different things and I think the Lord just got tired of it. And, uh, and I was reading a book and then this book this preacher said he was in a service and somebody came up to him for prayer and he prayed with them and he said, I knew they didn't get their answer. <laughs> That's real encouraging. He prayed for them. He said, I knew they didn't get their answer because when they left they still had that whine in their voice. And that, that got me because I thought, you know what? There are certain areas of my life where I have a whine in my voice. There's just a certain note of sadness connected to some things. And I thought, maybe that's just not right. Well, it's not. God wants to wipe away every tear, not just most of them. He wants to clear clear the slate so that you don't look back with regret whatsoever. And he can do that if you let him. If you'll apply the word of God to your past and apply the word of God to your soul, he can restore your soul. You know, it says that in Psalm 23, the shepherd's psalm. It says, he restores my soul. That means he's going to make it new again. Like you didn't do all those. Now, Now, God won't erase the memories of the past, but he can certainly take the pain out of it. Isn't that worth something? Praise God. So I took the Word, the Scriptures, several of them that I won't get to all of them today, but I took them into my prayer room and I would begin to quote the Scriptures in different areas until the Word and the truth replaced the pain and the regret. Anything that causes you sadness, whether it's guilt or shame, regret, mourning, any kind of a sense of loss, All of those things can be removed. They're all emotions. They all are contained in your soul. And Jesus took your sorrows. He carried your sorrows. Let him have them. Don't fall for the lies of the enemy that says you did it, you ought to feel bad about it. You don't have to. You can let it go. So I have several areas. Let me just give you a couple of them. One area... That we cover in the book is, as I call it, missed opportunities. There are things in your life that you could have done differently, that you should have done, you would have done. If you could do it over again, you would do it. Can you see that that's just a waste of time? You know, I'm not looking at anybody, but let's just pretend that you were good football player in high school and you just never really tried and there are guys in their 40s and 50s going you know I I could have made it in the NFL if I did just I just should have tried out I could have done it and boy how life would be different if I had just you know you're 45 years old you're fat <laughs> you're not gonna have an NFL career let it go You see what I mean? You see how these things can get us in trouble. And in fact, you can focus on that so much that you can think about what it could have been like if you had made it and how your life would have been different and what all you could have done better. And and you can do that. You can spend so much time imagining what it could have been that you let life pass you by. You got to get with the program. You don't have the past to live over again, but you've got a future and God is in your future, and with God, all things are possible. You can be what God wants you to be. You can do what God wants you to do. Joel 2, 23, he'll restore the years that the the locust has stolen. He can restore years to your life. The way I interpret that is this. God can do more with your future that you have left than you could if he lets you live your life over again. That's restoring years. Only God can do that, but he can do it. Hallelujah. You know one of the lies and we need to I think we need to deal with these things. But but this is not a this may be an American statement, but it's not necessarily scriptural. And that's the lie that you can do anything you want to do. You can be anything you want to be. Not really. Let me let me scripturalize. You can be anything God wants you to be. Can, can we meet there? But just to tell some poor person you can be. If you're 40 years old and you're fat and bald, you can't be an Olympic gymnast. If you want it bad enough, no, nope, you can't. Yeah, but if you just really apply yourself and believe in yourself, it ain't going to happen. Find something else. Are you with me? We can waste a lot of time trying to be something we're not or wishing we had to become something that we aren't. Let's just deal with what we've got. Let's trust the Lord to make something out of what we have left. And forget the past. It's over. You can't do anything about it. Let's just move on and do some things that we will be able to remember with a smile on our face. Is anybody getting this? I tell people, you get this book and get ready to get happy. How many of you could accept that assignment? Is that too much of a burden for you? You need to get happy. There's plenty of things to be all up in the air about and people are up in arms about all kinds of things. But let me tell you, we ought to be happy because Jesus is in our lives. We have supernatural joy and gladness and whatever it was that was robbing you of your happiness, identify it and destroy it. Don't let it speak to you. Don't give it influence in your life. Missed opportunities. I was, I was at another season in my life where I was having a transition. Same thing happened. This was 30 years ago, and I was about to start traveling, and I was leaving in this position, and, and I knew it was over, and I was looking back, and I was going, Oh, God, I wish oh, I could have done so much better. I didn't, I didn't know. I, I could have done that different. I could have done this different. I could have done that different. And it was the same thing, and he began to deal with me. Think he just had enough of it. In other words, you can't be totally good or or focused on what you're doing now if you can't get your mind off what you did earlier, or what you didn't do, or what you could have done better. And it, he just dealt with me as I was praying. I was really praying about it, and I and I felt like such a failure. I said, God, I didn't know this season was going to be so short, and I could have done so many things different. And I'm not sure I learned what I needed. And he just stopped me, and he said. He said, you need need to consider this past three years of your life like a college career. And he said, every relationship, the different relationships in your life represent different college courses. And he said, some of them you did real good in, but some of them you didn't do so good in, but you passed. You're getting your diploma. He said so. Some of these areas that you're regretting, just consider them as a difficult college course with a very difficult professor that you may not have aced it, but you passed. Don't hold any bitterness or resentment toward them. Think about that. If you had a difficult course in college or high school and you had to really work and you barely made it and you passed, it's like no hard feelings, right? <laughs> See you later, professor. <laughs> I got what I came for. I hope I never have to come back. I hope I never see you again. I'm out of here. You understand? But in in the in the tests of life, it's like we focus on that and it just ruins our day. It's like you look at that area of your life and you you can't ever get over it. Hey, God said, you didn't do you didn't ace every course. No, nobody does. In the College of Life, there's only been one straight A student, and his name was Jesus. So the fact that you didn't ace every course does not surprise me. (laughs) Does it surprise you? We all knew you weren't a straight A student. Amen. He said, you got what you came for. Don't hold any bitterness against any of these situations. Take your diploma, throw your hat in the air, and go forward. And you know, that's, that helped me so much for so many years. I'm not a straight-A student, but I passed. How many of you are still in the, in the game? How many of you still have a Bible? How many of you still love God? How many of you are still alive? You're in this thing, man. You've been through some things. You did good in some areas, and you've done bad in some other. but you're still in the game. You're going forward. You can quit looking back. And start looking ahead and saying, Lord, what's next? What's next in my life? Hallelujah. I gave this illustration, but it's true. When you go to a doctor and you go to the doctor's office, you know what they display proudly on their wall? A diploma. Do you know what that diploma means? That diploma means that they have fulfilled the minimum requirements necessary to practice medicine on you. Isn't that what it means? There's no diploma that says straight A student. Nope, it just says they, they made it. And then now they can practice. You know what you don't see on their wall? Their grade transcripts. That'd be fun. When they start asking you all those questions, you say, wait a minute, let me ask you something. you got a D in anatomy. Are you sure that you? Let's talk about that for a minute. You know, but the truth of the matter is I don't want them, I don't want my doctor focused on what he could have done, should have done, or would have done when he needs to be focused on me. You, You understand? And neither does God. It's time to get your head out of the past and get it into the future and into what God has for you today. Let it go. Stop being held hostage by past experiences. They're over. Jesus paid for them. You can get happy. Hallelujah. Are you getting anything out of this? So there are missed opportunities that can really weigh on you. There are past sins that people can never forgive themselves for. There are broken relationships that we talk about. Broken relationships happen. I think this needs to be taught. You know, there's a lot of teaching on how to win friends and influence people. I think we need some teaching on how to lose them. (laughs) That's a lot harder. Am I right? When's the last time you went to a seminar on how to lose friends and get over it? That'll cause you more problems than not making them to begin with. It's, it hurts to lose friends, but it happens. And If you kick yourself for the rest of your life because something didn't go right, you're putting too much pressure on you. I'll make a few statements and move on because I'm not a psychiatrist, not at all, but the things that I got, you wouldn't believe how I got this mess, this book, this whole book. I was getting ready to preach in my home church. I'm a member there and they asked me to preach I was preparing to preach, and it was like a lightning bolt. Just like that, it was downloaded. This entire, the outline for this book came in a flash. And I taught it on Sunday, and it turned into this book. But all of these things came just like that by revelation. So I know it's not just for me. I believe God gave me this for you, for people, because it happens. These things cause regret, and you've got to get over regret So you can move forward and be productive and fruitful. You only got one life to live, folks. Let's make the most of it. Amen. If we're not going to spend eternity regretting our life on earth, why should we spend our life on earth regretting our life on earth? Jesus paid the same price, and it's, it's, it's paid in full. Relationships, don't put so much pressure on yourself to think. That because you have friends, you have to maintain these friendships for the rest of your life. You don't have to. They're not all going to last the rest of your life. Some are going to come and go. That's okay. Hello? Paul and Barnabas were buddies. In fact, God put them together and sent them out. He commissioned Paul and Barnabas to go preach the gospel to the known world. They went on Paul's first missionary journey and helped establish the New Testament church in the Gentile world. They were the original dynamic duo. There was nothing nothing like them. Paul and Barnabas. And did you know that the t- it came time to go out again and they had a fight? And it was so bad uh, because... Barnabas' nephew's name was Mark, John Mark, and he went with him the first time and he got halfway through and and left for home. He couldn't take it. And then so the next time they were gonna go out on this journey, on another journey to check the churches, Barnabas said, well, let's get Mark. And Paul says, no, we're not taking Mark. He quit on us. We're not taking him. And Barnabas said, well, if Mark's not going, I'm not going. And Paul said, fine, then don't go. The Bible says the contention was sharp between the two. They had a fight. <gasps> they had a fight. Paul and Barnabas had a fight, and John's the apostle of love. Where was he? Why couldn't John say, "Come on, here, guys, sit down." You know, walk out of, step out of love is a step into darkness. We need to love one another. Come on, let's just hug it out. Come on, come on. Tell him you're sorry. Tell tell somebody your story. I don't even know who's at fault. I've read that story over and over again because when we see a division like that, a fight, we want to know whose fault is it. Who did it? Who's wrong? Who's right? Whose side is God on? Who needs to apologize to? Who needs to forgive? And you know, you read it and it says they parted and it's like period. And it's like, what? You mean you can just part and then it's just a period? There's no like, yes! That's our problem. And sometimes things just go in different directions, and that's okay. Let it go. You know, you only have so much emotional capital to spend. How many of you knew that? <laughs> and some relationships are not worth it. You just have to say, The Lord's going to fix this in heaven, but right now, I got a life to live. Is this helping anybody? I didn't know. I I didn't. You know, when you get saved, you know you lose friends. How many of you figured that out? It's like, yeah, that's fine. They uh, they don't want to love Jesus. They don't want to walk the way. I'm. That's fine. We we're going our separate ways. But then you get in the in in the kingdom and you start making new friends. Hopefully, does anybody made any new friends in the kingdom? And you have this idea that we're Christian friends. This is for eternity. Not necessarily. This was the biggest surprise, I think, in my entire spiritual life was that you're not only going to lose center friends, but you're going to lose Christian friends along the way, and it's okay. I mean, if Paul and Barnabas split up, anybody could split up. You know, some people are friends for a season. Some people are friends just for convenience. Some people are friends for life. Some people are friends temporarily. It doesn't, it's it, it, it just, you don't have to put that pressure. Thank God when we get to heaven, we're not going to be judged on how many friends we had. Isn't that great? It's not about how many friends you can make. It's how do I do the will of God? I want to do what I was put here on earth to do. And there's people that can run with me and there's people that can't. And, and it it's doesn't mean they're wrong and I'm right or I'm wrong and they're right. We just don't always walk in the same steps. We don't always go the same direction. It's okay. So I had this experience, and I lost some really close friends, and I I was grieving over it. It hurts. One of the points that we make in the book is broken relationships. I think it's number two. It hurts. (laughs) It's not easy, but life's not always easy. But we're not a bunch of sissies. We can take it. Am I right? Anyway, I was dealing with it, and I, and I was going to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I'd like to salvage these relationships. These people have meant a lot to me. In fact, I said, I wouldn't be where I am today without some of these relationships in my life, and I don't know how in the world could, could this ever happen. I need these people. I've needed these people, and, 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 and can, you, can you make it work? And he spoke to me, and he showed me a picture of a space shuttle. Have you seen the space shuttle? they've decommissioned it now, but the space shuttle is like a little plane, a glider with these rocket boosters attached and it sits on the launch pad and it blasts off and it's got two rocket boosters and a fuel tank attached to this airplane. And and, And he showed me that picture of that thing blasting off and getting into the Earth's outer atmosphere, leaving the gravitational pull of the Earth and you know what happens? The rocket boosters separate from the, from the space shuttle and they fall back down to earth and the shuttle goes on and the Lord spoke to me and said that's right you wouldn't be where you are today without these relationships in your life they were very crucial but you can't get where you're going now with them it's time to separate let it go I never had a problem with it after that isn't that good isn't the Holy Spirit comforting there are some things that happen in your life for a reason and they're just for a time and then it has to, it has to be over and that's okay. You don't have to sit, figure out whose fault it was. You can't fix it. You can't redo it. But you know in heaven, it'll all be fine. You getting anything out of this? Past sins. Let me just give you this one and we'll... Wrap this up, but past sins, everybody has to deal with the doctrine of forgiveness. Very important that you take it seriously. God is serious about forgiveness. I mean forgiveness completely. He forgives and he says where there is remission of sins, there's no more offering for sins. What does that mean? If the price is paid, you can't repay it. Don't try to add your grief to his payment. He forgave you of your sins. Accept it and go on. Say, well, I did it. Yep. It was wrong. Mm-hmm. It hurt me and it hurt others. That's what sin does. You have nailed it completely. That's why Jesus came, to remove that from your life. You don't have to try to pay for it. You don't have to be sorry over it. You don't have to regret it. You don't have to have emotional pain over it. You can let Jesus, pay for it and accept his payment and move on. Can you say amen? Amen. amen? I'm going to give you this. This is one of the most powerful pictures that God's ever shown me in the air of forgiveness. But it was when Peter and Jesus met at the Sea of Galilee after Jesus' resurrection. You remember what Peter did during Jesus' trial? He said, oh, God, before the trial, I'll never. They may all leave you, but I will never deny you. I'll die for you. And Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. You know, he didn't say that to prove to Peter how much he knew. Everything Jesus did was for Peter's restoration. He told Peter that so Peter would know that he knew before he did it what he was going to do. And he still loved him. Did you know he feels the same way about you? God loves you. He chose you. He knew all the stupid things you were going to do even before you did it, and he still loved you. And he still loves you now. And he's waiting for you to get over it. You are hindering his party celebration. So, so all the commentaries that you read, when Jesus met Peter on that beach, and they were cooking the fish, and the disciples, they were fishing, and they all got together, Jesus asked Peter three times. Anybody know what he asked him? It was very simple but very inappropriate, out of place. Peter had denied Jesus three times. He had cursed and told people, swore up and down, I don't know him. That's a big mistake. And after all of that, Jesus meets Peter and says, Peter, for you. And Peter's like, Oh no, I'm sorry, Lord. I know. I repent. I wish I'd t- you told me, you know, does anybody feel for Peter when he was, anybody kind of intercede for Peter when he, you're reading that and you're going, Lord, he didn't mean it. He's under a lot of pressure. Don't hold it. Against- he loves you, Jesus. He, he doesn't mean this. How many of you knew that? God knows and, and the most amazing thing was for Peter's restoration Peter made the most grievous error you've pro- I know you've done a lot of things that you regret but you've probably never denied the Lord and cursed and swore you didn't know him but Peter did and Jesus set Peter down and he didn't say Peter are you sorry for what you've done did you learn anything from that are you going to promise me that you'll never do that again? Did you? You know what, Peter? How can I ever trust you again? I told you what. Peter, I'm going to put you on probation. None of that. He asked him one question three times. You know what it was? Peter, do you love me? Is that the most powerful thing you've ever heard? After all he's done, you're asking him, do you love me? How many of you could answer that for Peter? Peter? Lord, he loved you. He just had a weak moment. He was under a lot. And Peter says, yes! And what did Jesus do in the next? the next question? Peter, do you love me? Wow, is that powerful? In other words, it's not a question of what did you do? Why did you do it? Repeat to me what you did. Did you learn anything? That, none of that mattered. That's all past. That's all water under the bridge. It's all paid for. It's, it's not on God's mind and it shouldn't be on your mind. The only thing God cares about is, do you love me? Why? Because I love you why because nothing's changed I don't care what you did I don't want to hear it rehearsed I don't want to go over it again all I want to know is do you love me because if you love me we can do this if you love me we can go forward if you love me you bring that to the table I have everything else if you love me we can still do what we were supposed to do and that's what he said if you love me feed my sheep that's future isn't it the question today is not what have you done wrong have you learned anything from it are you sorry That's not the question. The question is, do you love Jesus? Are you still alive? Do you still have a Bible? Feed my sheep represents whatever God's called you to do, whatever God planned for you is still in effect. He didn't stop it. He didn't rescind it. He didn't put you on the bench and say, just forget it then. I'm not going to use you anymore. He said, if you still love me, I still love you. Nothing's changed up here. Has anything changed down here? No. Then let's do what we were supposed to do. You see, what we do is is we try to go into the past, and it's a dark hole, and there's no exit. I wish I hadn't, and here's what I did, and I could have done better, and I wish I hadn't. And Jesus is saying, don't go down that hole. Stay here. Stay with me right here in the present. All I want to know is, do you love me? Feed my (laughs) sheep. Do what I've called you to do. Because the truth of the matter is, the sheep were waiting for Peter to get it together, weren't they? The sheep were waiting for Peter. They didn't need Peter to go back into regret and sadness and grief. They needed Peter to get his act together and get back on track because they needed what he had. People are waiting for you. They're waiting for you to get over your past. They're waiting for you to let go and accept the forgiveness that God's already given. Stop ruining, limiting, slowing the process and get with the program. If you love Jesus today, he's taking care of everything else. Isn't that great? What's so great about it is I can do that. I can do that. Amen. It's easy to love Jesus, isn't that easy? It's not hard. It's not easy to love me. Certainly not when I look at what I've done. But that's not where you're supposed to look. He's like up here. Look up here. Look up here. I'm here. Here I am. Forget about that. Forget about you. Forget about your path. Here, just look here. Can we do this? Do you love me? Oh, is that liberating? Does that bless anybody but me? Prodigal son, same thing, same, same story, different characters. Remember that story? Prodigal son took all his money, went out, wasted it on sin. Came to himself, he's broke and he's starving, and he goes, hmm, he wasn't too bright, actually. He goes, I'm going to go back home to my father and repent. Maybe he'll give me a job. And he goes back home and he's got this big speech prepared. Father, I've sinned against you and I've sinned before heaven and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. If you'll just make me a servant, if you'll just give me a place in the servants, He had all this planned. And when he appeared and the father ran to meet him, it's like they were on two different wavelengths. The son's going, I did this and I did that. And, I did, and the father's going, kill the fatted calf. Get the musicians ready. Put this robe on his back. Put this ring. We're going to have a celebration. And they were on two different wavelengths. Can you see that? That's what regret will do to you. It puts you in the wrong dimension. This son was ruining his own celebration. Let's get with the program. Let's let God take care of the past. And let's get in the place that where we belong for today get ready for your future by getting over your past